0: Hello and welcome to Cosmos Science Daily, where journalists at the Cosmos Newsroom report on the latest research and discoveries and explain the science behind the headline news. Today's newsroom journalist and reformed archaeologist Amalia Hart is unpacking the IPCC's sixth assessment with yours truly, applied mathematician and fluid mechanist who is very concerned about climate change, Dr. Sophie Calabretto. Now, as we all know, I'm sure, climate predictions are pretty dire. So, Amalia, tell us what is the IPCC and what are these reports actually about? I've never read one.
1: Yeah, they're pretty long. <laughs> but the so the IPCC is the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, and they're basically the global peak body on climate change. It's part of the UN, and they release these reports usually every six to seven years okay. on the status of climate change and what we can and should be doing. Yeah. Um, and they release these reports in instalments because they are these massive, hugely chunky documents. I, I can't remember the exact numbers, but it was something like, you know, 200 and something authors on just this one phase that we're talking about today out of the whole sixth assessment report that's been released this year.
0: Yeah, wow. Okay, so there's, there's a significant amount of information and people involved in these. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, Now, this third installment focuses on
1: climate mitigation. So, what can we do to stop the rapidly advancing progress of climate change? So, as it stands, you know, despite several decades of climate awareness, our emissions have continued to grow. So, 2019 saw the highest emissions in human history uh, with a little 6% dip in in 2020 because of COVID. And then 2021, we kind of you know, rose back up to 2019 levels or thereabouts. Right. Um, so, so we're still polluting.
0: Okay. So good. So it's kind of, we can even now actually see that what we were doing, we're causing problems. Then there was a global pandemic. Everyone went inside, a bunch of things stopped. It improved it. And now we've gone like, well, we've got a little bit of freedom. We're outside again and we're back to polluting and doing everything we previously did. Pretty much. And, The report found that, I mean, emissions from just existing and planned fossil fuel
1: infrastructure alone are actually higher than the total emissions that would be needed to limit warming to 1.5 degrees
0: Celsius. So at the moment, it's not looking great. Okay, so can we just touch on that really quickly? Because I know I do hear these numbers kind of 1.5 or 2 degrees kind of bandied around a little bit. What is the significance of both of those numbers? Yep,
1: so 1.5 and 2 degrees Celsius is seen as these two critical thresholds below which we really need to limit global warming to avoid some of the worst effects. 2 degrees is seen as a more achievable goal. Um, Although based on our current emissions, we're falling well short of limiting warming even to that. Right. But two degrees would also still see some really drastic and horrific impacts on the world and on society. So 1.5 degrees is seen as perhaps more ideal, but a less achievable goal. Um, And if we want to limit warming to 1.5 degrees, we'd need to almost halve emissions by 2030 from what they were in 2010. Right. it's, it's a lot. And we'd need to reach net zero emissions by 2050, which at the moment, globally, it's not looking like we're going to hit that.
0: And we'd also need to peak our emissions by 2025. This is, I mean, this is really worrying to me, Amalia. So basically, we're saying that if we can't do something now and drastically change our ways, even if... The globe was too warm by two degrees, that would theoretically be catastrophic. And what we need, we're in now such a position that what we need to do is like halve emissions from what they were in 2010. Yes, basically. Okay. So, um, my assessment of that is the future looks a little bit bleak. But obviously, you said this report is about mitigation. So, what are the key takeaways from this report? What do we actually need to do actively to reduce our emissions now?
1: Well, I think the key takeaway from the sixth report is that we need to cut our emissions now and we need to cut them really, really fast. It's not going to be enough to just slowly wind down our activities. We need to rapidly cut emissions as soon as possible, even just to keep it below the two degrees Celsius threshold. The semi good news is that emissions growth is at least slowing. So even though emissions are growing overall, the pace of growth isn't increasing exponentially. And there are about 36 countries that are actually seeing their emissions fall. But once again, it's just not enough. Another piece of genuinely good news is that the tools we know we need to actually cut emissions are way more affordable, way more accessible and way more viable than before. So renewable costs are down massively. Solar is down 85% since 2010, wind by 55%. Lithium-ion batteries are now down by 85% than they were in 2010. So it's way cheaper now to do these kinds of emissions reducing activities. And in fact, renewables are cheaper than fossil fuels. So the business case for fossil fuels is really running out of steam. So that was another major takeaway from the report, according to the authors, is that we have all of the tools we need to do this already, but we just need the policy architecture to actually put it into practice. The other massive takeaway from this is that it's actually going to be a lot cheaper to do this than we might once have thought. So a lot of the criticisms of climate mitigation are that it's going to cause economic damage. But in fact, the report found that it won't really be that expensive and that if we want to fight global poverty and inequality, you know, that fight isn't going to take a hit because of climate mitigation. And in some cases, it could actually really help. So it's not going to be this, you know, massive drain on our coffers that people say it is. Um, But, you know, really the problem is that a lot of the major polluters just don't currently have the kind of climate policy that we need. So here in Australia, we have a net zero target, but we don't really have a strong outline for how to cut our emissions. And we're not wrapping up coal-fired power stations quickly enough. So according to the International Energy Agency, if we're going to reach net zero, we need wind and solar to continue to grow 20% annually every year until 2030.
0: Okay, that's significant.
1: So we need economy-wide packages and plans for renewable infrastructure and for emissions mitigation and for carbon sequestration, you know, so that's actually storing carbon in, in the soil as well and
0: things like that. We just don't have that right now. So, yeah, my understanding is that actually it's now sort of too late to the point where we need to be actively sequestering carbon from the atmosphere.
1: Well, that's the thing. I mean, so carbon sequestration is a really important part of this, right? You know, and that involves... Tree planting, carbon capture and storage, storing carbon in soil, it's all those kinds of things where we're actually trying to take the carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere yeah. to just kind of slow the progress of climate change. But one of the other key points of this report was that that's not going to be enough. What we really need to be doing on top of all of that, or, or the main thing we need to be doing in addition to all of that, is drastically cutting our CO2 emissions and our other greenhouse
0: gas emissions now. Right. So, we need to stop what we're doing essentially in terms of emissions. We need to be actively sequestering carbon. We need to be embracing renewable energy. Essentially, we have, we know what we've done wrong. We know how to fix it and we know how important it is to deal with this right now. Yes. All right. Well, I mean, we know what to do. So let's just get to doing it, everyone. Thank you for listening and make sure to keep an ear out for our next installment of Cosmos Science Daily. This podcast was brought to you by Cosmos, a publication of the Royal Institution of Australia.